Welcome to BSD Talk number 192. It's Thursday, June 17, 2010. The next interview here is from BSD Can 2010. Unfortunately, we were in a noisier environment than I realized after making the recording, but hopefully you can still understand it. Anyway, here it is. Welcome to BSD Talk. This is day two of BSD Can, and I'm sitting here with Henning Brower and Peter Hanstein. Hello. Hi. And... I wanted to talk to you a little bit about what's new in PF in the most recent release of OpenBSD. So, um, both from a developer's perspective and maybe as from the perspective of an author who's trying to uh, write about what's going on. So, what's new? What's happening? So, from my point of view, as a, as a developer, um, this is the the last big step in in changes or design that. Uh, Mostly Ryan and I developed back in 2004, so you could say we are kind of being slacks implementing it. <laughs> we are now building up on, on internal changes we did over years that were not very visible for the users, or not at all. Uh, for example, we, we changed the way the state table is kept completely, like the entire code is rewritten, but this was not user-visible. But this allows us to do things that were impossible beforehand. So now in 4.7, and this was the last step, was uh, basically rewriting the net code, like network address translation, all forms of it, like the basic net, the redirection, uh, to some extent bynet. The very visible part is that uh, net and RDR are not separate rules anymore, and it's not a separate rule set anymore. But RDR and NAT became actions on regular rules, like you do RDR2 and NAT2, um, pass in on EM0, NAT2, foo. That's well, probably the most user visible change uh, in this one. It um, is. Uh, 4.6 gave us a uh, sort of preview of match rules. Uh, yes. These match rules are now all over, all over the place, and you can. Match rules uh, uh, are sort of interesting because I remember a few years back. There were some violent discussions whether that feature would be useful at all. Right? Um, and well, the consensus four or five years ago was, I wouldn't really. Uh, I then, then it crept back in. And yes. actually, um, what I discovered when I was uh, uh, re- reviewing stuff, I, the, the book chapters that are written a few years back, and um, what I discovered was. Um, uh, with match rules, it's so easy to uh, whatever your your current rule set is. If you want to start playing with alt queue, just use a few match rules and you glue in uh, a whole whole queuing structure. Exactly, and it just works. Yes, and this, uh, this was that's, the idea. that's so brilliant. You know? <laughs> um, I, I wanted something like this. Um, there's a bit of an issue with terminology. We call it action. So the actions we had were pass and block, yes. and I always wanted a neutral action. Uh, mm. This goes back to 2003 or something. Yeah, um, I remember those discussions. I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I never could convince the others that that would have it. So eventually, um, with uh, the, the NAT changes um, being on the horizon, it was clear that the, it would be a pain to have NAT to something on each and every pass through. So we needed something like this. Mm. So eventually, 
I, I implemented the match stuff and to be honest I didn't realize that it's a, how much of a fundamental change this is for PF um, before you always had the last matching rule decide everything what's going to happen with the packet so internally you just on, on the state you just had a pointer back to the rule so we match the state we follow the pointer to the rule we know what to do now you don't have one rule matching you have several match rules on the way and eventually we hit a pass rule well you could also hit a block rule but then the case is not interesting because we don't have a state so suddenly the rule is not enough to decide what happens with the packet so we have to keep track um, of, of actions on the fly, on the way. Whenever we hit a match, we have to remember, for example, which queue uh, the, the package should go to eventually. Um, we have to, to follow log actions. What else? Um, well, there's a couple of actions that, that you can change on match routes. Like you can do this grabbing, you can, uh, I mentioned logging, you can. Uh, labels? Queuing, labels, tagging. All that kind of stuff. So now on the on the state, we actually do linked list of match rules that matched. This is also difficult to explain because of the terminology, matching match rules, well, I'm, matching I'm, block I'm, rules. I'm, yeah, I'm uh, doing some work on that in the book. So, but anyway, from a, from a an admin perspective, means that you you can logically group your rule set into well. Uh, say a block of match rules that do their various magic, and you um, defer the. Um, uh, the blocker pass decision to, to some, somewhere else, and uh, once you get used to thinking that way, it's uh, it's brilliant. So uh, well, uh, I think, well, of course, that, and of course, the fact that four seven is faster. Are, yep. Are the, the, uh, the this is this is really what drove me. Um, personally, I'm not using that all that much. Um, like my, my biggest PF use, of course, I have a PF five wall at home, and of course, I just have a DSL and have to net. Yes, that setup's boring. At home, I have uh, two laptops and a circus box. So mm. that's it. Okay, two laptops is a lie. It's more. But anyway, you get the idea. And uh, I actually just upgraded my home firewall, and I think the release that was running was 4.4. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Should I admit this in public? <laughs> Everybody got, everybody's got a skeleton somewhere, I guess. But, uh, yeah, so... Um, so my main, my main use case actually at work, so um, we are an ISP, right? So um, we don't do that, we just have enough IP space. But in, in the code, um, the NAT stuff was really in the way. Um, so for each and every packet coming in, for a moment let's assume it's the first packet of connection. Um, of course we first do some sanity checking, we have to deal with fragments. Um, this is what I rewrote in 4.6, which for for most users just means uh, you have to delete the scrub line because uh, scrub mixed things that should not be mixed. It did fragment reassembly and it did the normalization stuff, the other normalization stuff, like uh, clamping the MSS or changing the toss and stuff like that. Um, fragment handling obviously has to happen before we can do any state matching. Like, how are you going to, to match a fragment to a state which does not have any IP address in it, right? Mm -hmm. So which meant that we had yet another separate rule set, the, the scrub rule set, which had to be the walk, but usually it was just one rule, but still you have to walk this rule set for each and every packet coming in, which is expensive. So um, 
I split scrub into the normalization stuff, which can be done stateful. So now it's just optional regular rules again, um, which is one other reason why we needed the match rules back then already. And uh, the other part is fragment reassembly. For fragment reassembly, we had three different methods. Um, one was just cutting out the overlapping parts, the third one I forgot, and the one everybody used anyway was full fragment reassembly. Uh, it turned out that nobody's actually using the alternate ones, and um, there is not really a point in the alternate ones anymore. First, because the internet changed, we are not seeing many fragments anymore, thanks to Pathium 2 discovery, which mostly works. Second, um, the OpenBSD kernel memory management changed a lot, so uh, back in, uh, say, uh, 3.4 times, something around that, um, all the kernel memory that PF needed was basically, um, we're talking about the pool back end memory here, it's basically allocated, statically allocated at boot time, and if you run out, the machine would panic. Uh, <clears throat> problem. Now, it's all nice and dynamic, so we don't have that much pressure anymore. So now, there's really no no good reason anymore to not do full fragment reassembly. So now, uh, fragment reassembly is just one button, it's on or off. And uh, this, is on. this also allowed us to change the default to, to on um, before you had to have this explicit scrub rule. And actually, some people forgot it, and, and the results were interesting. Yeah, when you eventually there was see a lot of yelling about that. Yeah, no, so. because you don't see many fragments, so it's not very obvious. But when a fragment comes in and, and your assembly was, was not done, it would be dropped. Yeah. If you didn't write your rule set with fragments in mind, but nobody did. So uh, this makes it easier for people. So um, this was for six. What was the question? Oh, speed, right. Yes. <laughs> so um, after um, dealing with the scrap rule set, we had to check for a NAT state. Uh, then we had to walk the NAT and RDR rule set, and then eventually we could go on to check for um, the, the filter rule set state, and then walk the filter rule set. And now everything's easy. We don't have multiple rule sets anymore. Everything is the rule set in the rule set, what used to be the filter rule set before, which means now we get a packet, we check one bit in the header if it's a fragment, go to the fragment uh, handling code. If not, well, just go on and basically directly go check for your state and if there is none, you have to walk the rule set. So this was my motivation, making it faster. And it actually helps. Um, I did not benchmark this all that much as I used to because it's so obvious that it's better in any regard. Um, I did some benchmarks, so I forgot the numbers, to be honest. Um, there was a fair improvement. It was not this... Uh, um, this spectacular double the speed that uh, I managed to find a few years back. So, yeah. But the uh, four seven is noticeably faster, uh, especially if you, well, especially if you, you know, jump from say four forty four uh, four seven, it will just blow you away. And if, if you jump from something before four six, uh, I'd, I'd actually really expect that because you get both changes, like the, the scrap roots and elimination and the. Uh, translation root set and add RDR root set elimination at the same time. So two speed ups of say 30%, I think that, that was about the, the numbers, the range, um, gives 60% faster and this is noticeable. 30% yeah. is measurable but not... And, and at the same time, uh, all those changes you were talking about actually made the code shorter, right? Uh, most of them, yes. Yeah. The, the NAT rewrite uh, killed close to a thousand lines of code mm -hmm. and they're still afterwards cleanup possible. Mm -hmm. 
uh, most of this is done, but there's still a few bits left that can be removed. So uh, my estimate would be that the entire process killed 1,300, 1,500 lines of code. Yeah. And, and all these changes, do they invalidate all of our original uh, rule sets? You know, when you have your examples in the book, does it pretty much throw all of it out, or only certain portions well, there, of it? There will be one of the obvious ones that your uh, your NAT rules will need to be rewritten or reorganized. Uh, like you, NAT is no longer a a, uh, a verb, so it's, um, uh, so you, you you either put that in match rules or uh, or your pass rules. Um, yeah, the scrub change same thing, but. For Scrub, it's easier for the for the users, and it's mm. easier to adopt because, mm. as I said, in the, in the usual setup, you just have to delete this one line Scrub in, yeah. right? Um, people actually doing that have to invest a little bit more work here, but for the common cases, it's it's still very simple. I mean, yeah. you, you replace the keyword net or RDR mm. match. You have to add the direction in or out. Um, uh, this is important, but then you just and then basically you replace the the arrow that points mm. to the the address to translate to with NAT2 or RDR2. So they have to change, but it's not dramatic. Yeah. But I, I yeah, uh, expect you to have some problems explaining explaining match properly. Of course, it took us a while to uh, to write this in a man page. Part of this is because um, in, in some match rules behave different than pass rules when it comes to stickiness of, of actions, right? And this is really, um, really, I, I'd really claim this is a bug in the original PF implementation that many things were not sticky and should have been. Um, we cannot change this because um, a rule set from before would still be loaded, like no syntax errors, no warnings, nothing, but the behavior would be different. And this is too dangerous, like you can't do this. So match is different in that regard and it, it took us a fair while to get the man page right, so I expect... So what you're, what you're aiming at here is that uh, multiple match rules uh, match yeah. and yeah. can actually have multiple uh, actions uh, executed. Yeah. So uh, yeah, some yeah. stuff is sticky on match rules, which is not sticky on pass rules, right? Yeah. So it's uh, there's this subtle difference there that was bound to trip people up. That's yeah. <laughs> the other thing that's kind of well, I, I really like it because to me it absolutely makes sense. Mm. Um, now um, that that NAT and RDR are actions and regular rules, the addresses at least from a useless perspective, in reality it's different, but from a useless perspective are changed on the fly. So if your first rule is uh, match in NAT to 10.0.0.1, um, the, the, if, if, if the next rule, or one of the next rules says pass in from uh, 10.0.0.1, this will match, because the address is already, at least from a useless perspective, is already rewritten, um, which I yeah. think is straightforward and makes things easier. But it's uh, something to keep in mind. Yes, and um, oh yeah, it also yeah, these changes also, also makes it um, a lot more obvious that you could, for example, have uh, several pa several pass rules with different NAT settings. Yep. Uh, if you need that, uh, like you, that's a dangerous network. But <laughs> <laughs> there's another aspect to it. Um, the 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 new state table code um, allows us. We always had the limitation that you could only net outbound and RDR inbound, right? Part of that, there's a logic explanation for it, and the, the issue is always uh, the, the route lookup. If you would net inbound, the route lookup would happen with the, uh, for the, ret sorry, the, the net the return traffic is the problem. 
Uh, so let's take RDR, it's easier. Mm. If you, no, oh, sorry, it's the return traffic too. This is hard to explain. Uh, return traffic is almost um, hard. Uh, so at least when you have NAT involved. So. so when you get the return traffic, the destination address, like the original source, the return traffic's destination, will be rewritten back to the original address. So this happens outbound because it's the return traffic. But the route lookup happens with the address not changed back. So uh, we might not find the route at all or pick one that points wherever. So this is kind of dangerous. So for now, to be on the safe side and before we fully understand the consequences and can explain it properly in the map. Well, we do understand the consequences, but we have some idea to some ideas to, to, to make it harder for people to uh, shoot themselves in the food. Mm-hmm. Um, so for now, there's a simple check on PFKittle that prevents NAT inbound and RDR outbound. Uh, my thinking is we should just remove this check, um, explain the consequences, because this is useful. Um, it's also slightly dangerous, but it is useful. Um, this discussion is still up, but in 4.7, for now, well, 4.7 will stay that way, obviously. Um, for now, you're still bound to net outbound and RDR inbound, but uh, that might change for 4.8, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Just in <laughs> time for you to get another edition of the book out. Yeah, yeah well, but this, this the data is still a bit fuzzy, but we're working on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but this is a tiny change. <laughs> doesn't change things fundamentally. Yeah. And I guess there's some delay uh, in PF being ported to NetBSD and, and open or sorry and FreeBSD. Yep. Is yeah. it is this something where you'll you'll want to wait till that goes in before you put out those examples or do you think um, you'll jump in as soon well, as you the, can? Uh, the version of the book I'm working on now actually has a uh, a complete well, double double set of examples. The, the, the old style is the new style, uh, and it turns out that it, it gets sort of repetitive because because it ex- pretty much exactly the same change, uh, differences in, in every one. Um, uh, there is no good way to tell when uh, FreeBSD or NetBSD uh, get around to porting for a seven equivalent code. So, um, isn't the answer kind of if you're yeah. running NetBSD or FreeBSD, get the first edition of the book? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually <laughs> written a few, like, a few times <laughs> for well, for things like the the ancient FTP proxies. That's what's going oh, on. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Because uh, in the uh, in the, uh, the book of PF, the edition is out now. We have some fairly historic examples of. Um, Old FTP proxies and for this version, um, uh, we, we just uh, ditched those and said, "Well, look, uh, look, look up the old version." Is so. FTP proxy is interesting. That's a, it's it's a long struggle. I mean, we, you know, the, the third start from scratch implementation in tree, but now I'm kind of convinced this is the final one. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> but yes, and, this and makes it makes your life harder, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course. Yeah. Well, you have to explain all of them, right? Yes, uh, that was sort of a struggle for um, all because the uh, three main BSDs have diverged so much uh, in, in the PFM implementation. I, uh, and that BSD is the uh, one that's lagging the most. Um, yeah. FreeBSD has 4.1 plus patches. I'm, I don't know. I think. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. Then uh, the, the PFSense guys uh, are, have. Um, Actually, I did about look four at point four ish. But then That's they're very possible. Yeah. I, I did check FreeBSD lately for something. I think it was more for fun than anything serious. But uh, if I'm not mistaken, they are just 
before the big state table rewrite. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure when this happened really. Oh, wait, let's well, do the math. It happened in, in 2008, largely at the Network Hackathon in Japan. Mm -hmm. And this was. What's the, the mid 2008 release? Let's do the math. We have 2010, that's four releases back. That would be for three. Uh, more like four, 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 four. Yeah. Well, I, I look forward to, to trying out the new code and trying out the new examples when the book comes out. And just want to thank you for taking some time here in the middle of the conference to, to give us a, an update on PF. Yeah. Nice to you. You're welcome. If you'd like to leave comments on the website or reach the show archives, you can find them at bsdtalk.blogspot.com. And if you'd like to send me an email, you can reach me at bitgeist at yahoo.com. That's B I T. G-E-I-S-T at yahoo.com. Thank you for listening. This has been BSD Talk number 192.